God is good. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to Colossians chapter 3 once again. I um, originally had something else kind of planned for today, but I just felt in my heart I need to go back to some things I said last week and kind of dive into this a little deeper. Uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, Thanksgiving. Amen. How many know it's uh, the giving of thanks, not uh, God taking thanks? We're all, we offer thanks. Amen. That's how it works. God doesn't make you give Him thanks. Amen. But it sure pays great dividends when you do give Him thanks. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. Colossians 3, please. Let me get to it here. And um, verse 17, I'm going to read more of it here in a minute, but I uh, just want to do just a, a little quick review. Hallelujah. Verse 17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Praise God. Amen. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do in word or deed, okay, in other words, what you say, what you do, your actions, your behavior, whatever, do it all in the name of the Lord. How many know things get better if everybody does it in the name of the Lord? Amen. It's amazing how things can just straighten up just that alone. But it says here, giving thanks to God. Uh, one translation, I believe it's the message translation, says thanking God the Father every step of the way. And to me, I found uh, probably nearly 30 years ago, this was this thing that became a revelation to me about the importance of uh, giving God thanks. I find uh, um, that it's uh, uh, in, in my prayer time, I start every prayer time with giving God thanks, just taking the time to give God thanks. As we found out last week, we kind of went through the book of Colossians, found out uh, that we're, uh, we always have things to give thanks for. In other words, things that God has already done, things that God is doing, and things that you're believing God will do. Come on, somebody, that we give thanks. Amen. That's how it works. Everybody say, give thanks. It's not hard to give thanks. I said it's not hard to give thanks. And I find that uh, uh, when you f feel like it's, uh, you know, the least that you want to do it is probably when you need to do it the most. That just went over like a lead balloon right there, didn't it? But how many know giving of thanks is important? Amen. All right. Giving of thanks is important. A couple quick uh, verses. First Thessalonians 5, uh, verse 18 says that in everything, give thanks. It didn't say for everything. It said in, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And that's going to make more sense as we get into this today. Amen. How many know not everything goes perfect? Come on now, not everything necessarily uh, through the course of your day maybe lands up, uh, you know, lines up and lands like you want it to, amen? But if you want things to turn around and to get right, it starts with giving God thanks. So that's why it says in everything. In other words, in the midst of everything, choose to be a, a, a one that gives thanks, amen? And you notice here, it says, for it's the will of God in Christ Jesus, amen? It's the will of God. Ever say the will of God? I can't even tell you how many times, you know, over the years in, in uh, counseling somebody, talking with people, and they say, I just wish I knew the will of God. I just wish I knew the will of God. Well, and I understand what they're talking about. They might be praying about giftings, callings, or whatever, maybe things about family or marriage or, uh, you know, business deals or whatever it may be. Um, I get that, but I, want, I do know this, that if you will begin to give God thanks for what He has done, for what he is doing, and by faith begin to give thanks for things you're believing for and pressing in for, whatever promise it is you're believing for, I have found, amen, that right there at that moment you are in the will of God. That's good news. 
I said, that's good news. Because there are a few moments I don't know that I was. But when I started praising God and giving God thanks, it put me right back in the will of God, amen. And it positioned me, praise God, as we're going to find out here in a little bit, it positioned me, amen, to line up with what God has for me as far as the other things. Are you still with me? All right. Uh, Also, a reference we used last week was out of Hebrews 13, verse 15 and 16. Please put them up. It says, therefore, by him... um, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, notice he defines that. What does that mean? Well, it's the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. The sacrifice of praise is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Amen. So if you're going to say, what's the sacrifice of praise unto God? Well, that's you getting your mouth engaged, doing the right thing, saying the right thing. How many know that your mouth can be the source of your problems? Or it can be the source or the solution. Come on, your answer. Come on now. Amen. So you can, you can choose to use your mouth right or wrongly. And as I, I think I even said it last week, that uh, your mouth is under your jurisdiction. You're the only one that has authority over your mouth. Now I might be able to put a little duct tape on it and hold it for just a little while. But it ain't long, and I'm sure you're going to get that duct tape off and say what you want to say anyway. Because your mouth is under your jurisdiction. You have authority over your mouth, what you do with it. Well, this particular verse says, you know, it's better to take authority over that mouth, say the right thing, use your mouth uh, for the right things, praise God. Verse 16 says, but do not forget to do good and to share. All right, In other words, uh, be benevolent. But it says, for with such sacrifices... God is well pleased. Of course, the first one he mentions is the giving of thanks. Amen. How many know that giving of thanks to God is, uh, causes uh, you know, well-pleasing? It's well-pleasing to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So not only is it the will of God, it's well-pleasing to God when you choose to give thanks. Just amazing how it lines up. A lot of the verses we read last week and dealing with this, but it says, let us, verse, uh, Psalms 95, pardon me, verse 2 says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Amen. Let us shout joyfully. Everybody say joyfully. Uh, to him with psalms. Amen. But it starts here, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. And that was a big key we talked about last week. We came out of Psalms 100, verse 4. Praise God. Put that up. Psalms 100 and verse 4, it says, enter into his gates with what? So in other words, that word is is gate or a portal, but it literally means to enter into, amen. If you want to enter into God's gates, amen, you do it with thanksgiving. You want presence, start giving God thanks, all right? And it says into his courts or courtyards, what it means. In other words, the atmosphere, the environment, amen. If you want to enter into his environment, if you want to enter into his Come on, his kingdom, his rule, his reign, his realm. If you want to enter into that, how do you do it? You start giving God thanks. You start giving God praise. And that literally means, literally talking about a gratitude. All the singing is all about a gratitude unto God for who he is. Amen. So the point was this, that if you will begin to give God thanks and praise, you enter in, literally what it does, it begins to, Uh, it begins to cause the environment around you to be conducive for God to move. You want presence in in your prayer time? Amen. This is how it starts. You want presence throughout the day? This is how it works. How many know you can give God praise and thanks all through the day? 
Amen. What it does, it creates an atmosphere. It causes you to enter into his, into his environment, into his atmosphere. Amen. Which then makes it conducive for signs, wonders, and miracles. You want a breakthrough? Start giving God thanks. Stop murmuring, griping, and complaining. It just makes it worse. I want God on the scene. Now, there might be things that have happened. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself today. There may be things that, have, you're, that you're experiencing right now. There may be things you've gone through that nobody should have went through. There may be things that have happened to you that nobody should have experienced that. But nevertheless, it happened. But you murmuring, griping, and complaining about it isn't helping it. If you want God involved, you've got to change the atmosphere. You got to go through his gate. This is this is paternal talking. Right? Which gate you want to go through? Amen. Now, you know, we took a little time with that, not not long, but we took a little time with it last week. There's different gates. There's heaven's gates and there's hell's gates. Scriptures talk about it. You determine which gates you're going into. You determine which gates you go into. I'll, I'll try this side. You determine which gate you're going to go into. You determine which courtyard you're stepping into. All right? Now you can step into a courtyard that's got all kinds of landmines. Or you can step into his courtyard, into his environment. Come on, into his Come on, garden area. Come on, somebody, and experience the fullness of God. Are you still with me? Now, that's kind of what we established last week. Amen. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. What are you doing? I'm giving God thanks. Why? I'm positioning myself for a victory. I'm positioning myself for triumph. Hallelujah. God's people are, are called to walk in victory, to walk in triumph. Praise God. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I probably do. But even if I don't, if you want to walk in victory and in triumph, start giving God thanks. Come on, somebody. I think if anything, at least I know this, I am not hell-bound. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have to experience hell. I'm heaven-bound. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that in itself is now something he's done. He's redeemed me. I'm forgiven. Hallelujah. I'm accepted. Praise God. I've received forgiveness of my messy old past. Hallelujah. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm sanctified, redeemed. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. I got a reason to be thankful. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, anybody with me today? Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to talk about an attitude of gratitude today. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, let's get the right attitude. Amen. Come on, right? How I many know your, uh, your attitude uh, uh, can, can be your uh, best friend or your worst enemy? How I many know that to be true, right? Amen. You, you, so uh, years ago, uh, some phrase, I can't even remember who said it or I'd give them credit, but you know, they say, as your attitude goes, so goes your life. And uh, so we need to maintain an attitude, a frame of mind is what it means, a posture, so to speak, 
amen, a frame of mind, a state of mind, amen, to always be thankful or grateful, praise God. Amen. If we will do that, it's amazing how it gets involved. And also now, not only does it create an atmosphere, but now even a way of thinking, amen, creates an atmosphere for God to move in. Well, that'll make more sense here in a minute. Let's back up here. We're in Colossians still. We've got to set a lot there, but that was all review. Amen. Verse 12 now, this same chapter. Let's see and read about what, what it's talking about in context. Is anybody with me? Or did I already, already lose you? Well, that's pretty weak. Are you with me or not? Yes. All right. All right. Now, I'm trying to help you here today. I'm telling you how we can turn some things. All right. So it says here, therefore, verse 12, therefore, as the elect of God, okay, that's talking about you and me, the elect of God, amen, that, uh, you know, it just means that you've been accepted. You're the elect, or uh, we could even say you're, um, you know, you're his favorite. You know, years ago, I used to talk that a lot. I said, I'm God's favorite. And some people say, yeah, I know you are. No, you're supposed to say, yeah, I am too. Amen. That's you, the elect. Come on, the elect of God. Holy and beloved. Come on. Put on tender mercies, right? How many know you got to put that on? Come on, how many know you got to put on tender mercies? Not everybody's going to be merciful. You got to kind of purpose to be merciful. All right, kindness, okay, or gentleness, okay, one, depending on your translation here. Humility, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, to be humble, you know, toward others and that kind of thing. Meekness, okay, which means, bottom line, if you break down the word meekness, it means teachable, okay. In other words, you're teachable. You're not, you're not a know-it-all, okay. Long-suffering, okay, now get, here we go, which just means to be put in some endurance toward what? Well, bearing with one another. Well, I mean, the verse was fine until all of a sudden it says, with one another. Right? I mean, it's okay. I can be, mer- I can be merciful, kind, and humble, and, and meek, and long-suffering, as long as no people are involved. I'm really humble. I'm so humble. I mean, just ask me. I'm so humble. Well, until you get other people around, we're going to find out where you're at in your humility level. Come on, somebody, in your mercy level. All right? Come on now. Bearing with one another. Why? Because you, sometimes you have to. Sometimes people do things and say things because, you know, let's remember, okay, you know, God is wonderful. God is good all the time, but we have to remember there's an enemy. And it's not your spouse, and it's not your kids, it's not the neighbor, it's not your employer. But there is an enemy, and the enemy has a tendency to manipulate and deceive, and sometimes then people have a tendency to yield to things that maybe if they were in God 100%, they wouldn't yield to. But you're around people. Somebody says, well, I just don't like to work around people, but you're a Christian, Well, that's, yeah, uh, so. But see, you're supposed to be the light. You're supposed to be the salt. You're supposed to be the difference maker. You bring in the light. I mean, when you walk in the room, it lights up, or it should. Come on, somebody, because because, you're supposed to be around people. 
You can't really be a Christian and say, I want to avoid all people. Because then you're not really doing what you're designed to do. Come on, and I, believe me, there's some people I'd rather not hang around with. Uh, don't look at each other. Knock that off. Come on, there's always, there's always, you know, people, there's sometimes, you know, there's personality conflicts, and sometimes people are just, you know, bossy and pushy, and sometimes people are just, you know, smarty pants, and sometimes people are just arrogant, sometimes people, you know, and stop thinking about the person sitting next to you. I'm just, it's just the facts, isn't it? There's always something, there's somebody there, somebody you're going to have contact with, probably even on a daily basis, that maybe isn't serving God to the full capacity, isn't walking with God like maybe they should, so they have a tendency to yield to things you wish they wouldn't yield to. And there are times they look at you and think the same thing. What? Me? Come on, we've all been there. We've all been, we've all had things done to us and that have hurt us or offended us or whatever. And we have all been a part of something doing to others that caused an offense in them or hurt feelings or whatever. We've all, we've, both sides of this. So the point I'm trying to make is bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Sometimes you have to do that. Now, we haven't lost sight of this whole thing because it wraps up saying the giving of thanks. How does this shift and change? Well, you're going to have to start. I mean, how do I get to the place where I'm going to actually bear with that person or forgive that person start giving thanks and all of a sudden you'd be amazed at how all of a sudden now your own thinking becomes conducive for God to move I've always shared the testimony about an individual years ago years ago uh, in my first few years of pastoring there was this individual that would come to church I wish they would have went somewhere else I just like, God, I walk in a room and I just go find, see if I can go find a place to hide. Because every time they come around, they always, like, like, like fingernails on a chalkboard. Some of the young people, they go, what, what, what's that? Uh, anyway, for some of us older folks, we understand that, amen. But the point is, it's like something about that individual just constantly rubbed me raw all the time. And finally, the Spirit of God said, have you thought about praying for him? I thought, oh, what a concept. Lift him up and begin to give thanks. And I began to do that, and all of a sudden, it wasn't long, and all of a sudden, my frame of mind shifted. And it positioned me in a place of divine order as far as the way I looked at them and saw them, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God showed me their life. And I realized, you know, now all of a sudden I got a love for them that I didn't have before. Is anybody hearing me? So what happened was it began, began to lift that individual and give God thanks, and all of a sudden, praise God, God began to shift how I saw them. He put the change in me. Well, okay, that's probably never happened to you before. But how about the next one? If anyone has a complaint against another. Have you ever had a complaint? 
Do you think there's anything wrong with having a complaint? I saw it find out here. There is nothing wrong with having a complaint. Sometimes there, there's legitimate complaints. Right? But it says if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. In other words, you've got to position yourself to at least get your head wrapped around this, that even though maybe they're doing something you wish they wouldn't do, it is a legitimate complaint, but it starts with you first forgiving. Why is that? Because it begins to position you rightly. If not, you're going to be hurt, offended, and then we're going to have World War III break out. Or you're going to say, enough's enough, and you're out the door. Or you're going to make them mad enough that enough's enough, they're out the door. Which is not a win. Some say, oh, well, it could be with this person. Well, I'm just saying, see, what happens is it puts us in a right frame of mind. If we will begin to just say, you know what, I'm going to release that individual and forgive them. Even as Christ forgave me, I'm going to forgive them. Now, Lord, amen, you're going to have to work this out somehow. You're going to have to fix this or turn this or whatever. But at least now it begins to position you to be led by God in some way if God chooses to use you or if God is working something behind the scenes, whatever it is. But it starts with you forgiving. If you don't understand this, I mean, we can go on and on and on about the power of forgiveness or when you don't forgive. We all know enough verses on that. That if you want, praise God, a release, you want to get that monkey off your back, you better be willing, praise God, come on, somebody, to release that individual. Otherwise, you position yourself for the worst. Well, I'll leave that alone. <sighs> if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Verse 14, please. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. All right, which is key, right? Come on now. Now, my message really isn't about all that today, uh, but it is very key. Amen. Everybody say, walk in love. Who would have thought, right? You've got to actually walk in love as a Christian. All right. Let the peace of God, verse 15, now rule in your hearts. How do you get the peace of God in your heart? All right. Think about this. this is, what we're talking about today is getting the peace of God in your heart. Because right now, that maybe all you need right now is the peace of God in your heart. About whatever it is you're dealing with. All right. To which also you were called in one body and, and be, and be, and be, and be thankful. You notice it says here too. Uh, let's, let's back up. Let's take a look. Which also you were called in one body. Does anybody hear that? Okay, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Okay, everything we just said, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in. What? You mean that's somebody in the church? Are you kidding me? I thought all Christians had their act together. You mean there might be a chance that another Christian is a poop? Well, I'm going to go to a different church where there are no more poops. Good luck with that. Everybody in the church needs what we're talking about. None of us have arrived yet. We all have our shortcomings. 
I mean, not me, but you all have your shortcomings. No, we all do. We all have things that we're working through. And I use this loosely, okay, but I think it makes the point. We all, in a sense, have our demons to deal with. And we have to recognize that across the board. And if you want God to move in this situation, what we're talking about is an attitude of gratitude. Learn to be, stay, remain thankful, stay thankful. Put on, amen, what you got to put on to do this thing, praise God, even though you got to work around some people once in a while that, that uh, pull your strings. Listen, be, be a good receiver today so I don't have to talk about it again next week. Are you with me? All right, but these things you got to touch on. When he's talking about being, you know, one of the giving of thanks, he wraps the whole thing up by the giving of thanks unto God. This is how you get your, not only the atmosphere right, but to get your attitude and your mindset right. How do you do that? Well, it starts with right here. I'm, I am going to create a different way of thinking because right now my thinking isn't real good. I have a complaint. I have a problem. I have an issue with that person. And you may not even be alone. In fact, if you grumble about it enough, the enemy will see to it to put somebody in your pathway that will get in agreement with you. And now we're crossing lines. Because all you've done now is played into the hand of the enemy. And not only do you now have an issue there, but you have now just created something else. You went into a wrong gate. And all you've done now is give the enemy place. Is anybody hearing me? Now, I didn't want this to be a downer message, so smile. The point is this, amen, the more thankful you become, the reason you, you're thankful, you're thankful for what he has done, what he is doing, and by faith for what, he, what he's about to do, we remain thankful. Why? It keeps me in a right frame of mind, the attitude of gratitude in the midst of whatever it is I'm dealing with or whoever it is I'm working next to or whatever. And I'm not mad. But the thing is this, if you want the right frame of mind, it starts with you giving thanks. Start giving God thanks. I've even found that the individuals, as I said earlier, the individuals that you're around, there's even something in their life that you can give thanks for. They might be a rough right here, but in this area, man, they're wonderful, and they're grateful, and we're grateful for this, and I'm thankful for that, and it just keeps your head right. We have many a times talked about, you know, the importance of keeping your head right, Right? Keeping your heart right, keeping your mouth right. But it always starts with the head. You've got to keep the head right. Okay? And this is what we're doing here is trying to keep the head right. If I remain thankful, if I maintain an attitude of gratitude, it keeps my head right. That regardless of what's going on around me, my head's right. So I don't go down some line or some road that I have no business going down. Still with me? All right, I spent a lot more time on this than I wanted to, but I think we're getting the point, right? 
All right, so verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, amen, uh, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and all that really, if you kind of break it down, it has, but it's just talking about an atmosphere of praise, amen, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord and whatever you do in word or deed, and whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. amen? amen. You want all this to work? Because, I mean, listen, I, I, you know, I could say walk in love. And that, that's going to mean, you know, we might have, you know, 100 different individuals in here. And, and to, walking in love to each individual might mean something different. Okay. Well, at least I didn't kill him. So I'm walking in love. I could have, but I didn't. I'm walking in love. See what I'm saying? Everybody's got a different opinion about it. But when we're talking about the giving of thanks, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to confuse that. It's just stop and give God some thanks. I'm going to start giving God thanks. Amen. And you might start off thinking, I, I don't even want to mention that individual. Well, that's fine. Still give God thanks. And as you do that, pretty soon it begins to change your frame of mind. You now, amen, are giving God room to do something, which before you didn't. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. Let's look at another one here. This, this might even be a little more intense. Can you handle that? Next book over, chapter 5. Amen. Now, we've we quoted verse 18. Amen. And everything give thanks. Okay, but you notice it's not the beginning of a sentence. Verse 18 isn't the beginning of a sentence. So let's back up here a little ways. Let's find out what he's talking about. Okay. Okay, verse, verse 14 says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. That just means insubordinate. So in other words, you might have to deal with something, an individual or something. There's nothing. You might have to once in a while. But it goes on, comfort the faint-hearted. Okay. Not everybody's on top. Sometimes there are people that need help. Come on, need a hand up. Come on, somebody. Right? Come on. You got, you, got, you got your ornery? And then you might have those over here that are, come on, that just you, just, you just know they need a little help, a little mercy, a little whatever, a little, a little encouragement, whatever. Come on. Okay, I mean, we're just talking about all kinds, again, all kinds of people here. Uphold the weak. Come on. In other words, they have an inability to produce a right result. So what do you do? You get involved and you help. Be patient with all. What? Are you kidding me? Now, we have a tendency to say, okay, pastor, I'll be patient with all, but your all may not include the unruly. Or the faint-hearted. Maybe the weak, because maybe, maybe that weak person talks like a, uh, you know, a Cinderella mouse. <laughs> You just want to, shut up! Okay, talk normal! Do you see what I'm saying? That person, I can't stand that. Be patient with all. Maybe they sound like a little Cinderella mouse 
for a reason. Somebody says, Pastor, what are you, listen, I'm talking about learning how to be thankful. You got to be thankful even when the people around you are rubbing you raw. You think about the problems that we have. Now, I'm talking to the church. We look out, we say, the world is our problem. No, it is not. The world is the world. The world will do what the world does. It's us to change it. And if all we do is hook up and do the same thing they do, we ain't changing nothing. And it goes on, and now it comes into the church, and it spreads like a cancer. The world is going to do what the world does. You did that before you knew Christ, and when you came into Christ, it was a different ball game. Or at least it should have been. Look at your neighbor and say, be patient with all. Hallelujah. All right, now then it goes, rejoice always. Oh, hallelujah. Right? I mean, come on, let's, this is what it's here. See, you know, all this is going on. You know, you got to come on. You got you to be compassionate. You got you to, you know, be willing to, you know, to, to stay in there. Praise God. Amen. Be willing to stick with it. Praise God. Don't quit. Amen. Stay with it. Praise God. And if anything, if you don't know what else to do, rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> Oh, that just hit me. Right? What do you do? Let's pray. Uh, but I already did today. Let's do it again. Come on, right? Because we got to keep your head right, keep your heart right, keep your mouth right. Come on. And if it, if it means you got to pray on the hour, every hour, so be it. Come on, come on. Then it said, amen, in everything, give thanks. In what everything? Well, all this stuff you're dealing with, all these people that you have to be patient with. Now, I skip verse 15. Let's go back at verse 15. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. But always pursue what is good both for yourself and for all. Now, why in the world would he put that in a verse? Because the opportunity for as a child of God, as a Christian, the same opportunities hit you if I can say, use the word opportunity, use it loosely. But that same thing is in front of you, the temptation, maybe a better word here. The temptations hit us just like they hit anybody else. Somebody does you wrong, does evil. This says evil. I looked it up. You know what it means? Evil. Somebody did you wrong. They did you wrong. Pastor, I get what you're saying, but they did me wrong. Yes, they probably did. So now you have a choice to make. Well, I'm going to get even. Now listen, that same temptation hits me, and I'm the pastor of the church. Somebody said, well, then you got issues. Really? You know, sometimes it would just feel good to, you know, thump them upside the head. Say, oh, I'm sorry, did that hurt? 
say, Pastor, you're so aggressive. Yeah, right. Like you ain't. See, the same things hit you that hit me. Come on. The same things. Hey, man, he's talking about hit everybody. The world, the church, the temptation to want to get even every time somebody does you wrong. Well, how the heck, Pastor, it's just, I mean, I didn't come here today to hear, hear this. I know you wanted fluff. Or did you want truth? See, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, you know, changing an atmosphere, changing a mindset, making it conducive for God to move. The only way that's going to happen when all this stuff is happening is about giving God thanks. In, verse 18 again, so now it starts making sense. In everything. In everything. Give thanks. This is the will of God for you. This, in everything. Listen, somebody says, well, that's not fair. It's not fair. It just stinking ain't fair. Why do I always have to be the forgiver? Has anybody ever said that before? And many of you are lying. I need to have you line up here for lying spirits. i got to cast them out of you. We've all had that happen. We've all thought those thoughts. Why is it when God deals with us, it's always with me? Deal with her once. Deal with him once. God says, listen, if you want me to deal with him, you want me to work with him, i got to get you, i got to create an atmosphere that's conducive for me to work. You're always offended. You're always mad. You always want to get even. You always want them to hurt and suffer for all they did. So now I can't do anything because, see, this starts making sense, that if you can't forgive, see, it doesn't create an atmosphere for God to move. That's why it's so important. Well, how do you, how do you, you know, just keep forgiving? Well, praise and thanks. Start giving God thanks. Hey, you know, remember when uh, Paul and Silas were chained up? Mm-hmm. God is good. Mm-hmm. God is good. God is good. God is good. I give you praise, I give you praise. And Silas was going, I give you praise, and I give you praise. And God is good all the time. God is good all the time. Also, they're chained down in a prison. The walls shake, all the chains and shackles fall off, the doors fly open. Somebody says, Yes, yes, yes. What were they praising God? But most people don't read the rest of the story. That's a wonderful thing. So the jailer, see, he, he could have been, it sounded like he must have been asleep because he woke up and all the doors are wide open. And all he can think about is all the prisoners escaped. So he's thinking, I'm a dead man. So he wouldn't grab his sword. He was going to kill himself. And Paul said, don't. We're all still here. And you're thinking, yeah, why are you still there? We're all still here. Do yourself no harm. And so he ministers to this man. This man receives Christ. 
Nobody's left the prison yet. They receive Christ. Then the jailer takes Paul and Silas home with him. And ministers to all his family. They all get saved. They all get water baptized. But the word says this. That all the jailer's family ministered to Paul and Silas all the wounds. They were bloodied up. They were beaten. And yet you got two boys going, hey, God is good. God is good. Mm -hmm. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all bruised up, beaten up, bloodied up. You know what? They could have said, this isn't fair. I didn't do anything to deserve this. Nobody should have to put up with this stuff. All I'm trying to do is help people. And they did this to me. They could have said, yeah, right, Silas? That's right, Paul. Bunch of fools. Them idiots. I, tell you, I don't know what to do. I mean, man, if I had my way, God, I'd call fire down on all of them. But, ooh, yeah. God is good. God is good. Hey, I give you thanks, Lord. You are good. So good. So good. How? So good. <laughs> so the next day, the next day, now listen, because this is the next day. They find out what happened. All the, uh, all the leaders found out what happened, that they're gone. So they sent, get this, they sent where it says the rod beater. If you look it up in, 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 the, in, in, the, uh, in the Greek, it literally means the rod beater. They sent the guy to go tell him to get on out of here then, just get out of here. So they sent the guy that beat him. To tell them just to get out of here. You know what? You think they'd go, okay, cool. Now listen, listen. Because see, some things are, are unfair. And God's not only a God of mercy, he's a God of justice. So you know what Paul did? Most, most people just read right past. Paul said, wait a minute. You beat us in public. Why don't you come in here and tell me yourself? And why don't you go ahead and make this right before all the people that you had? Come on. See, sometimes you don't have to turn the other cheek. But you've got to be willing to. I'm just saying... See, sometimes we get so caught up in the evil for evil, we were, we were so caught up in the fact that somebody has done me wrong. And nobody's denying it. Nobody's denying that. That probably was, it should have never happened. Nobody should have to put up with that. But, 
It happened. So what are you going to do now? To let the thing continue? To let it progress further? Or we can turn this thing around, at least give God room to move so God can deal with this thing. Come on, somebody. Is anybody hearing me? You know, there are things going on in the nation right now. <laughs> evil for evil sounds real good some days. Or we can start giving God thanks. And let God begin to move this thing and change this thing and turn this thing around yeah. and bring justice yeah. where justice needs to come. Nobody's denying that there should be something that needs to happen or be done. Well, the only one that's really going to get it done is the one that can do it. It's just, it's not real deep, but there it is. The point is this, I want God moving in our nation. I want God moving in our state. Oh, hallelujah. I want God moving in our state. I want God moving in our communities. See, it doesn't, it's not about you turn the other cheek and just say, oh, well, what is, what is. No, that's not how this works. You don't bury your head in the sand, act like nothing happened. You still have a job to do, all right? But it ain't about murmuring, griping, and complaining. It's about giving God place and room to move. And so whatever it's going to take, if I get my head right, then I'm going to do it. If it means i got to praise God an extra hour today to get my head right, then so be it. Yeah, come on. If i got to give thanks a few more minutes today just to get my head right, my heart right, my mouth right, so be it. But I want God to move. And I don't want to be the hindrance. You say, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Maybe not, but you getting upset and going down that road now, we're muddying the waters. No, they did that all by themselves. I want God to move. I want God to move. I want God to move. Listen, we need God to move. So if I'm going to do what it takes to get my head lined up where now it's conducive for God to lead me in how to pray, what to say, what to do, how to handle this. And there are some things that, yeah, I'm turning the other cheek. But there are some things I get involved. And I do what's necessary. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to throw something at you. I hope you hear this. Don't you get offended at me. But just going around saying, we're trusting God, we're trusting God, we're trusting God, when you may not be trusting in God. Just another way to say, I don't want to get involved. That's one thing, if you really are trusting God and you're believing God and you're pressing into God, that's another thing. But it is time, child of God, to not be the one that yields to everything the world does and again, I didn't even get to it. I wanted to get to Romans 1. 
Next week, maybe, huh? Whatever. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But the point is this. We can be all huffy and mad at everything that's gone wrong, and all we do is position ourselves for God, or position ourselves for the enemy, I mean, to just ransack our lives. Or we can do what's necessary through some praise, through some thanksgiving, and give God room to move, amen, to lead us in our prayer time, to lead us in our actions, amen, to give God place for signs, wonders, and miracles. There are some things going on. It's going to take a sign, a wonder, and a miracle. And the reason I brought that out, it's the church that has to be lined up. Not the world. If the church gets lined up and gives God place, all of a sudden miracles start happening. Did I lose you? All right. And, and we have to understand that, you know, the world does what the world does. And they're going to cheat. They're going to manipulate. They're going to steal. They're going to lie. That's what the world does. And so if we want God to move in these things, we have to keep ourselves positioned so that we can be used. With me? <laughs> you better stand up. I got so much more I want to say, but we'll just stand up. And be, hallelujah. Did you get something today? Yes. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise, everybody. Come on. Hallelujah.